0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the All Dad Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Matias, and today I have with me Michelle O'Hare. And we're going to talk about her growing up in a dysfunctional family, church camp stories. (laughs) Her being singled out as a problem child, running away from home, getting pregnant at 18, or abusive relationships, living in a trailer. I don't know why my accent's getting southern. But she was living in Mississippi. She was living in Mississippi. And uh, the father of her child. Was smoking cigarettes in a trailer. Isn't that typical? Isn't that typical? Uh, and her. She had to eventually give up her son. Move back to Washington State. Progressive drug addiction. That ramped through her early life especially in that period her going to jail multiple times but still her feeling that god was protecting her interesting deliverance and a lot of mayhem stories you don't want to miss this podcast so sit back relax and enjoy the podcast Welcome to the new episode of All That Jazz. I'm your host, Matias, and I have with me Michelle O'Hare. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Um, so um, let's start. Um, you have an interesting life. Um, I know you're a dark student now, but um, let's start at the beginning because um, I think people people appreciate uh, others that have gone through adversity and stuff. So um yeah, so uh, like okay, so I, a lot of people grow up in dysfunctional families. So what was like what was your family
1: like? <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> the deep breath. <laughs> um <clears throat> well uh after after my parents divorced, it's like before then, but uh my mom uh got with my stepdad. And um I don't. I don't know. I guess the best way to describe my family was like a, a three-ring circus of uh, perpetrator and victim. So, oh man,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll explain that. So, my stepdad, he like, uh, yeah, he victimized me like my 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 whole life until I ran away, and mm. my mom was like. I don't know. She claimed to be the innocent bystander like she was the the victim and everything. And uh that, that's pretty much how it, how it rolled in uh childhood.
0: Right. Um, so what age did yeah, you away. uh yeah. um escape pretty much?
1: Um I ran away at 17.
0: 17. Okay. Yeah. Um, last time you spoke, uh, we spoke, I mean, uh, you talked about, um, church camp, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> what happened? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right. So it was like, when I was like abused and stuff, it was almost like an inside job. And so it was like, I don't know. It's almost like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas sort of thing. And, um, so there was this particular time that I went to um, church camp and, uh, I had told about, um, being molested and, um, <clears throat> and so, uh, of course the authorities, uh, were called and such. And so then I wasn't, uh, allowed to participate anymore because, you know, the, you know, the secret was out I guess. <laughs> so. I,
0: I don't understand like if you were abused then why were you singled out as as weird because you're clearly not the perpetrator.
1: Right so when authorities would come and this has happened like multiple times uh, mm. throughout childhood uh, even into the teenage years and so what authorities need you to do um and I think their system is really um probably could could use some editing but uh they want you they'll leave you after you give like a statement and you and they speak to you they'll leave you home with the family Mm. and so that whole so then the next day you're expected to do like a written sworn statement and then to move on from there and so um my mom would uh, tell me that uh, I was going to put us on the streets, um, you know, that they would probably t- separate us or something like that, you know, and, and I didn't want to hurt my family. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love my family. That's why I stayed as long as I did. Mm. Um, so I would I would take it back. And, and I, rem- I remember specifically this uh, CID agent, it was uh, with the army and he knew he knew I was lying, but there was you know, there was nothing that I that he could do about it um, when I took it back. And so, uh, I would go into counseling and so they would make me look like this, um, problem child. So I'd have to get on like a behavior chart and, uh, earn the right to do certain things, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty twisty.
0: (laughs) Wow. All because you were abused and then you were singled out as, as an outcast and problem child and in camp even. Wow. I would think that would be the one the one place where um where they would help you and uh, or the priest would be somebody to talk to well I guess not <laughs> like-
1: I don't know very much like how they took it I mean because a lot of people would um they knew like my step and he um was just this nice guy you know
0: <laughs> right appearance right
1: so um, yeah absolutely um but uh, I wasn't allowed to go back so I don't know how it was perceived in that way
0: mm. it's really so then you uh run away at 17 and obviously with uh, probably a lot of a lot of trauma maybe PTSD or stuff like that and that probably doesn't end well
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I went through, um, I ran away for a while, and uh, the cops would come and uh, try to find me because my parents had uh, uh, put me as, you know, a runaway, and uh, it's actually illegal to run away, right. and um, <clears throat> and so uh, eventually, I, I turned myself in, and uh, I went to, a, oh, gosh, yeah, while well, I was yeah, well, I was running away and stuff. You know, sometimes when you run out of places to stay, you have to stay at certain places and stuff. And uh,
0: like, where would you stay at 17 years old?
1: Um, I would stay with my friends and um, that helped me run away that I was friends with in high school. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then like, I didn't want to keep bringing heat to them. So, um, an ex boyfriend had offered for me to stay somewhere. And uh, yeah, it was the first time I, uh, I really did uh, weed and uh, I got really high and uh, I got and he raped me. And so it was like that was, you know, more trauma. Yeah. When
0: things. you said that a guy uh, offers to, for a girl to stay over, I, I don't know. It usually it seems to me the stories I've heard usually is not a good sign.
1: It depends on the person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It Definitely depends. Um, From there, um, yeah, after that, I turned myself in and I went to a halfway house Mm -hmm. and uh, waited to, um, uh, what is that called, Um, I wasn't like adopted, but it was a, uh, what is that, a foster home. Yeah. So I went to foster care and uh, the people that are foster parents, you know, um but i know she did the best she could um from there my real dad i contacted them and uh he came and got me um and uh, i moved to mississippi from there uh, oh where I wow
0: was mississippi down south
1: <laughs> yeah well that's that's actually where i'm originally from i was up in uh, was- uh washington state
0: when, all time,
1: when i ran away yeah i mean my, my dad my stepdad was uh military so we like moved all over the
0: place oh i see okay and that's, a, that's probably adds another layer to like, you have to move schools and you keep being like the new kid in school.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Was it, was that any fun being the new kid at school or is that like always like, is that an opportunity to reinvent yourself in a way? Or is it always like, oh, oh snap, here we go again.
1: <laughs> I think it's both because there's a lot of anxiety with like not knowing um, and I've never had a problem talking to people and, uh, and making friends whether they were good friends or not. I mean, I was able to um, find like my niche after a little bit. Um, mm. I think I just got used to it, be honest. So, and just kind of like trucked on, you know?
0: Oh yeah. Like- kids are resilient, they will adapt to having, having to be adaptable, I guess. Um, Yeah,
1: absolutely. A good way to put it.
0: So being, being in foster care and all that, that I guess that was a step up in a way from where you were before.
1: In ways, I mean, in in ways, because it's like, um, it was all new territory. I was used to having a mom and having, five younger siblings and um it was it was all new territory and it was like well what's next
0: (laughs) right right
1: where where do i go from here
0: so So it was like
1: the board was cleared
0: (laughs) right so did you stay with them for uh, more than a year
1: you mean the foster care yeah no it was just uh just probably like a few weeks and then okay okay Got me yeah
0: and and then how was with your dad <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, my dad was like not he was only in the picture like when he would get a new wife to kind of look like that outstanding you know dad or something like that uh. you know so this time he you know luckily had a new wife and uh, she's like oh yes bring her here you know and so I come down there and uh yeah, he had a whole lot of problems. I mean, he, uh, he was doing a lot of, uh, you know, drugs and uh, things were just uh, continued to escalate. I wasn't, you know, aware, you know, of what was going on behind the scenes until later on when my stepmom shared that with me. Um, but yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that good. I didn't have any supervision. I mean, when you're 17 and you've been used to being in a lockdown kind of environment most of your life. Um, not having supervision is, I don't know, not recommended.
0: <laughs> right. So what happens with that, with that freedom then well, once you, once you have more freedom?
1: I experimented with drugs and hung out with my, um, older cousins and, um, I ended up getting pregnant.
0: Wow. So, um, and this is like at 18 then.
1: Yeah. this is 18. Um, Yeah, so I, the person I was with, um, (laughs) um, yeah, he's a piece of work, but uh, I had my first son, his name's Skylar, and um, yeah, it was funny, like uh, his parents, Greg uh, is his name, uh, thought well, if we get them a trailer, you know, that we have to pay rent on and get them some furniture, everything's going to be fine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude can never keep a job, you know? This was like, this was the antidote, you know? And so we were in our little trailer with our cute little wicker furniture, and uh, he ended wow. up turning into being like um, quite a psychopath. He's like, uh, uh and he would he would take Skylar like you know when he you know when it it was just like a manipulation thing
0: so uh, hold on I didn't hear everything so he would he would manipulate you with with uh your son basically
1: yes absolutely
0: wow like uh, what what would he say
1: um he would say you know he would tell me that I was a terrible parent stuff and you know or I'm effed up or something and he would just take Skyler and leave in my car the thing is is that that time um in the laws of Mississippi um when you're married um the man has complete you know rights over you know all your stuff so yes he could take my kid my car oh, wow. and take off and that was just fine. So, wow, <laughs> I didn't have very much self-esteem at that time. So, I mean, there really wasn't much that I was capable of at that time.
0: Wow, this is like, uh, well, this could be a weird movie. Something I told happened. you,
1: <laughs> we didn't even talk about childhood that much. Man. We just kind of glazed over it. So, I mean, you know,
0: <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just taking the baby. I'm leaving. <laughs> totally man <laughs> oh man that's with the with the cigarettes and everything which he's drinking whiskey too,
1: right had cigarettes <laughs> yeah definitely
0: <laughs> there's always whenever there's a scene in the in the trailer there's always cigarettes around <laughs> it's bound to happen <laughs> like um, a trailer should be pre-installed with cigarettes already inbuilt you know <laughs> yeah anyway, uh,
1: well, i was i was i was pretty determined though i mean like i was still going to college and wow. uh i ended up having to get a night job um because um well like i said he was a piece of work and he wasn't very you know he wasn't capable of much either um you mean and, much damage
0: uh, or much good
1: much of anything you know it's like he didn't mm. have much to offer you know so he was only offering what he could and
0: right it sounds like uh from what i hear from his parents though the parent the expectation was are you gonna just live in trailer and be all fine were his parents living in a kind of almost trailer then or what
1: no they lived in a house and everything and they they knew their son um right. it was just like a denial thing
0: okay okay
1: because it was all my fault, you know, in the end, you know, I I ruined him or something lovely like that, you know.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, th- this girl from Washington state came down and ruined everything. <laughs> Ruin our boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Got to stay away from me. I'm dangerous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so you you end up uh did you what did you graduate graduate in sorry
1: oh i did and i was uh i was going to school for psychology oh okay i i had became really fascinated with it when i was in eighth grade it was like um i saw i i saw different therapists you know because you know i would take it back when my stepfather did things to me and i'd have to go into counseling and i just there's such incompetency (laughs) <laughs> and I saw that, in, I, <laughs> I saw that in eighth grade and I was like, you know, I really want to help people. And so that was like, I don't know. I just, I, I felt that very deeply. Like I, I don't want someone to have that same experience I did was my reflection on things. Hmm. So there I was, you know, um, trying to get that degree. Um, but uh, things started to get a little bit um, crazy because uh, the husband um, Yeah, he would, uh, people would come to help me at the house when he was beating me and he would like uh, greet them with a loaded gun. (laughs) And other times when I was trying to call for help, he would be outside the trailer because I locked him out and he would like cut the phone lines. It was
0: dude cut the phone lines of the trailer be like boom
1: yeah yeah and back then
0: there was no cell phone so
1: no (laughs) that was it lifeline yeah so um i was like well i need to join the army
0: what oh that's not that's not a bad idea actually like it's that's uh (laughs) I guess, I guess uh, it potentially gives you discipline uh, once you joined the army. So what I happened can, then
1: absolutely.
0: when you joined the army? Um,
1: well, I was, uh, it was like the night before I was taking my ASVAB, which is the test that you take to enter into the army.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I was up really late because Greg had taken Skylar and I was just, I don't know, I was just so determined. I was like, you know, I'm I, I'm, I'm going to be able to take care of my son and myself, and uh, I'm going to be able to make a life for us. And so the next day I went to my ASVAB and I mean, I could pick pretty much whatever job I wanted um, mm. I Did really well. And uh, anyway, um, after I joined, um, I met with my family and we made it a, like a, an arrangement to where um, Greg actually had a job kudos for him but he left that morning to go for the job and we already had it planned that my family was going to come and get my stuff me and Skylar were going to hide until our plane uh, took off for us to go back to Washington uh, where my mom and family was wow um yeah
0: so you're going to escape back to Washington State
1: I know I know isn't that funny (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I was leaving Skylar with my uh, mom while I went and did um, basic training and um, training for my job.
0: Hmm. So and then then they were like that that woman, that woman had a had a grandchild, then she escaped back to where she came from.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, right?
0: (laughs) I guess I guess they, they were not too friendly after that. They were probably blaming you.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you'll come to find out later um, how much blame was directed at me about all kinds of things. But uh, mm. yeah, they, while well, I was in uh, training and um, they, they kept trying to take Skylar from me. So it was like basic training you go and it's already, it's already scary. Cause you got these big old black drill sergeants. I mean, they're just <laughs> huge. And, <laughs> and oh, this is in Mississippi. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, well, no, no, no. They're, um, I went to um, South Carolina. All right. Um, Fort Jackson for basic training. And yeah, I remember my first formation and I scratched my face and I had Drill Sergeant Sims. He's this big old black guy with these big old lips. And he goes, Lewis, that was my last name at the time. He goes, Lewis, you ain't nothing but Mississippi. M F and white trailer trash and I was just like oh, oh. <laughs> they let you have like a 30-second phone call. I'm like mom I changed my mind I want to go home. <laughs> oh my god, I could have peed on myself.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's that's an intense scene right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel it, man. <laughs>
0: oh man. Yeah, I know. You've, you you experienced it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so, But you stayed with it. You stayed with it.
1: Oh, yeah. And honestly, like, I look back and I have so much respect for all my drill sergeants because it was like they knew my potential mm-hmm. and they were pushing me out of my comfort zone. You know, it's like um, for me to be the best expression of myself I can be. And what's amazing is, is that I, I didn't know this at the time, but the army and the training was preparing me for later events that I really needed that discipline. And I really needed that perseverance and, uh, that strength. So
0: I know I met, um, uh, I used to live in hostels for many years and I met two people who were, uh, one was in the Spanish army one was in the Irish army and both had, uh, uh, both were pretty incredible workers around the hostel and stuff. The the because we had volunteer positions and stuff, but both were really incredible. So I see the value in that kind of because it in, in, invariably it ingrains in you a uh, kind of discipline that it's hard to learn any other way. It seems like yeah, yeah. And so then you move back to Washington State. Then does life get better there?
1: <laughs> You're laughing with this you got that smile on your face.
0: No, <laughs> You can laugh about um, it now. So I was Over. a single
1: mom. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's really funny. Mm. Um, so I was a single mom and all I can say is I, I have, um, a lot of respect for single moms because that is not easy. Um, and I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of trauma. And i also Mm -hmm. had a lot of um selfishness yep um because i i i guess uh coming from small self like i didn't have a lot you know i shared everything growing up I, i was six um and uh yeah there just wasn't a whole lot of time you know just for me and so with that selfishness and stuff um i I went out and, uh, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, started to lose it. It was like being a single mom and and everything that goes along with that, um, and all the prior trauma and then just going through basic training and everything like that. It was like, you it, it just, it finally came to a head. It like, it caught up with me. And, um, <clears throat> I would, uh, I would leave. I would leave my son by himself um, because, mm. yeah, I would. I would do that. Um, I had a lot of, uh, um, what would you call it, uh, regret about that for a long time. Um, well, like I just see, at
0: home when when he was like really young.
1: Yeah, like at night, I would put him to bed so that I could go out, and um, that caught up with me too. Um, but. Eventually uh, um, I started doing math and it was really crazy. It's like those commercials, you know, it's like uh, I was uh, working for this band um, on the weekend, sometimes um, doing their mailing list. And uh, one of the band members, his cousin, uh, his name was Cowboy. <laughs> <People have laughs> names. Um, he needed a ride, <laughs> he needed a ride home. And so I give him a ride home and he's like, you want to try this ice <laughs> i'm like sure you know
0: <laughs> so, ice um, oh that oh point, that's how it's called. Um, it ice yeah.
1: there's different variations of meth i mean you can have like the crank the powder you can have the crystal meth and then there's variations of meth uh, crystal meth called in case people you know need that kind of information right so um <laughs> um and and that was that was it for me like my, my whole like sad story, if you want to call it, is I just want it to be loved. I just want it to feel love, which, you know, we all do. And I, I just uh, wanted to feel happy. I never experienced that yet. So when I did meth for the first time, I felt those things and I didn't want to stop feeling that. Mm. And I didn't know any other way to feel that way.
0: Did and did so it had me you me happy up. just the first time, or what, did you make it? Did you did it make you happy after as well, or was it less and less?
1: Um, it depends. Um, it's like after you're coming down, of course you're feeling shitty, and um, so it's like in the moment, I would get that same feeling. Um, and then of course I graduated to other ways of doing it. Um, uh, uh, Skylar, I ended up, uh, realizing that, um, before it got too bad, I, I, that this, this was not a good environment for him and that I was going to have to get myself together. And so I gave him to his dad's parents and, uh, he was, uh, two years old. Hmm. and um and then i and then uh my world continued to be completely devoured like everything like apartments um people you know any kind of uh people that's in normal society and uh i i feel like um i started walking into honestly the pits of hell which was in tacoma washington i mean that (laughs) Um, these people are, they just love to watch you suffer. Um, these people that are on meth and it's like the drug world. And it is a, it is a world that, I mean, this might sound kind of crazy, but it's re- reality. Um, it's, like a, it's a whole nother domain. There are rules and regulations. There are people that are in charge. Wow. Um, <laughs> The people, the people that, uh, manufacture, uh, the drugs are like gods. I mean, they, some people, when I'd go to their house, they would have people, uh, guarding out front, you know, like their mafia bosses or something like that. It was, (laughs) yeah, it was that, yeah, I'm serious. (laughs) And, um, these people just want to suck your soul until there's nothing left and just, just you to the side
0: so do they uh, want i
1: became a very um
0: do they want just money or they want uh, how do do you know like get the sense that they want to like take your soul
1: uh, well they they put a lot of time in it um like when i when i would get high i would blab i would just talk i was just this cute little kid that just would run her mouth and just uh enjoy herself and so i told all my business and all my, you know, just everything about me. And, uh, you know, I, I had very naive. I've never been taught, you know, any kind of, uh, smarts or how to, you know, gauge people, uh, you know, just different things like that. And uh, I was very trusting, (laughs) naive. And, um, I, there's, there's one example. Okay. So there's this guy, his name was Tony, and, um, I met him Italian. And uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, come to find out this kid, you know, his mom was a single mom and these like drug Lord people like raised him, you know, to be like what they needed him to be. Oh, wow. And so anyway, he met me and he had it all together. He was just like, he was everything that I wanted, you know, in a person. And I was just so amazed. And he used different things that, um, meant something to me. Like I was very much into astrology um, or, and different things. And he goes, are you from, were you born in Florida? And I'm like, how did you know? He goes, I'm really into astrology. So anyway, like the average person would be able to see that this person's been, you know, uh, I guess equipped, you know, with all the information that right. I needed, but you know, I'm, I'm high and, you know, my uh, awareness wasn't there. Hmm. and uh anyway it's like he had this perfect representation and then that just started to crumble but all that was just from what I got was just to get me you know hooked to him involved with him and
0: uh like you mean uh I got a- romantically involved or
1: yes. okay. yeah okay and uh and I got a paycheck from um, the VA, so that made me like another another reason for me to be such a, a hot ticket, you know, in the drug world. So wait,
0: wait, well, Why did you get a paycheck from VA? Did you were you, <laughs> were you what 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 happens? <laughs> I
1: I uh, I was uh, I was discharged from the army, and um, and uh, later on, um, I went through the Veterans Association and. And uh, they gave me a hundred percent disability for PTSD.
0: Oh. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I figured you had PTSD, so okay, yeah, that makes sense. But not yeah. because of the army, because of your childhood, probably.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was things along the way in the army because there were different like drill sergeants and oh yeah, and, and different uh, instructors and stuff like that that um, uh, were sexually aggressive, um, and uh, that definitely put a lot of uh, stress on a very stressful environment because that would trigger you know past things you know what I mean yeah
0: wow this is a whirlwind so far oh my goodness (laughs) so so how do you get out of this relationship with Tony that Tony seems like a master manipulator
1: oh yeah like completely it was it was like there was there was all these people that were um uh, very, they're big supporters, big supporters of Tony. And so, um, uh, I don't know, I ended up taking care of him. I took care of like this person he took care of, my um, help with the manufacturing out just a bit. of uh, drugs. Okay.
0: You said you took care of him and another person?
1: Yeah, I took care of him, another person and some other people um, Mm. paid for the hotel room. I uh, paid for the drugs and everything, uh, the the ingredients to make meth, because he was a cooker, a cook. (sighs) (laughs) So he was one of the higher
0: ups, basically.
1: He was uh, close to there. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I don't know. It just took a lot of, of time. Like I told you, all I wanted to do was be loved. And so I think that that's the same. Um, what I'm about to say is what a lot of people in abusive relationships, why they have a hard time moving on is because you remember what got you attracted or what that connection was from them in the beginning. Mm. And you hold, hold on to that so long. And you're like, i hoping that it comes back, that this is all just like a bad dream. And so you just keep going forward, you know, for good or ill. Um, So eventually he got arrested. And. And that's how that uh, finally ended. I was trying to get away from him, but he wouldn't leave me alone. And uh, but when he got arrested, um, (laughs) that kind of, you know, tied the knot there.
0: So. Wow! So, so uh, did the police breaking in the hotel room, or, or his
1: hotel room? Yeah, he was on the phone with me, and he wouldn't stop yelling at me, telling me to that I better come get him. And anyway, someone had called for you know a disturbance, and yeah, they
0: what? They got him. what wait, he was on the phone when when the police broke in.
1: Uh, no, we had gotten off the phone, and the police came not long after that, and so I, I was blamed for that.
0: <laughs> my goodness. Wow. Trust me,
1: I was, I was, yeah, I was, um, people did not like me in the drug world because, um, well, I didn't follow the rules <laughs> and um, I, I would help people. Like I would, I would take away young girls from, you know, different situations and go bring them back to their moms. And...
0: Oh, and you can't do that. You can't do I know,
1: things. I know. <laughs> Breaking I know. the
0: rules of the underworld.
1: <laughs> I guess. Yes. Pretty much. And I mean, I had my car stolen, like, all the time. And, uh, you know, people would shoot me up with uh, cocktails and stuff, um, because I I started shooting up. Um, Well, sorry,
0: I don't know what that means, shoot you up, like,
1: Okay, with a needle, like I used to inject. Right. Yeah. And so most of the time, I would have other people do it because I would shake and so people would take advantage and they would like put like cocaine and stuff in there and, oh. and send me into like a, a really um like uh my mental state would just go crazy. Um it was almost like um being schizophrenic uh at different times um after that would happen.
0: How how did you survive this period? Seems like uh
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um I I feel like I was, I feel like I was very um, taken care of, even though it didn't look like it, but things could have gotten so, so, it could have got so bad, like really bad. Like I could have been dead and like in different situations where I could have like honestly died, you know, there was always that little door that would open.
0: Yeah. the the. Die. The angel was like, uh, she she needs she needs this escape route right here. She's yes. she's gonna live.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um <laughs> my, my my son was like the driving, you know, it's like I wasn't making the decisions to get him back. You know, I mean, honestly. But like his memory and just the um just the hope to have him back, just like really it kept me alive. Cause there was many times where I wanted to kill myself and hmm. just done Cause I, you know, I was like, shit, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. um, can, I, can I tell you a couple of outrageous stories? Sure. Okay. All right. So just to give you a picture and this was like, this was everyday life. <laughs> All right. So um, everyone knew that I was very nice and that I love to help people. And so uh, this person had uh, 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 called me and said, hey, I need some cat food for my cat. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I went to this motel. It's a motel I've seen and been to many times. And I drove up and um, my driver's side window was down. And um, I remember I was uh, doing something in the car. And uh, I heard someone say, Michelle, and I look. And I just get pepper sprayed, like all in my face, like in my eyes. It was, it was, it was terrible.
0: And you're there with the and, cat food. <laughs> oh, oh <yeah.
1: laughs> Hey, this is below 200, you know, kind of. Right, thing. right. No, no. I'm um, just,
0: I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. With the cat food, you know, coming to be helpful. And, um, I couldn't see, um, and I, I heard people talking and, uh, um, they said, uh, "So what are we gonna do with her?" And uh, I'm sitting here, and just mind you, I'm I can't see, and I'm listening to this, and I'm like, "They're like, what do you what do you want to do with her?" And they're like, "I don't know, we'll figure it out. We got some time. She's not going anywhere." And uh, so I'm just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you know something something terrible is about to happen to mm. me." And um and so there's like this. Uh, like the fight or flight. And I don't know, there were, but there was this inner stillness in me. It, it was, it was amazing. And it was like, okay, I know where I'm at. Pacific Avenue's right there. I have to get across Pacific Avenue without getting flattened because it's a very, very busy street. Um, I said, okay, I need to go this way. Uh, when, and my car was off. I was like, okay, so when I start the car, you're gonna have to get out of there, Michelle, because they're gonna come. So you only, you don't have time to fuck around. You know, Mm. you're, yeah. So so I just, I took a deep breath and uh, I had this uh, big Tasmanian devil stuffed animal in my passenger seat because i was done giving people rides because and that was my way of saying i don't have room in my car right <laughs> <laughs> because of the stuff that would happen when i would give people rides right um so anyway i would wipe i wiped my face i wiped my eyes on that and it, it burned you know but i wiped my eyes on that tasmanian devil doll and i started my car and i backed up and i started there and i heard people going what the you know and they're coming out of the <laughs> i mean and there was multiple people coming out of their hotel rooms chasing me even the people that worked in the office were coming out and running after me they were all in on it. it's it's really really insane they they wanted to rob uh, the car basically
0: or what what do you think were they i don't
1: know what they wanted i think they were going to uh i I think they were going to kill me Wow, I think they had enough to take my identity because that's a big thing in the drug world is to take people's identities and I believe that they had enough information to do that, you know, if they, and so, to be successful, you know.
0: (laughs) Wait, somebody Um, else meant to be you then?
1: I'm saying that that's a big thing in that world that people mm. take people's identities and in order for it to be like um, something substantial, like I get a, a disability check every month. And they knew exactly when I got it, you know. Um, right. And I, I didn't have any, like gun charges or anything on my record at that time. Um, you know so right right. Uh, it was a
0: Sorry, back, so back that, to the story. A... So you, so you uh, back up?
1: <laughs> okay backed up and I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of there. And you got all these people running after me, you know, and I'm just like, I'm looking at my rear, rear, rear view mirror, still wiping my eyes. And I'm like, what is, you know, <laughs> going on? Uh, <laughs> so I got across Pacific Avenue and I got to where I lived at the time. I, is amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, uh, then there's another story, uh, where there's this guy, uh, his name, his nickname was Spaz. Spaz. <laughs> you know, if you meet someone and their nickname Spaz, Spaz, don't hang out with them. I mean, that <laughs> just says it all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, his name was Eric Farrell and, um, we were hanging out and we, I ended up going with him to Vashon Island. That's an island right off of the coast of Washington state. And I was helping helping him. <laughs> I was helping him go get his stuff because when he was in uh, jail, um, when he got arrested, all his stuff was still at Bashawne Island. Mm. Um, and so uh, we'd been at, at that area for like a couple of days. And I, I think he was just, he was really pissed off and we were in my car and we were about to leave. And um, I'm in the driver's seat. And all of a sudden he just like, lunches at me and starts choking me and i mean i'm just i'm you know there's a part of you like when you're being choked <laughs> that you're going is this really happening you know what i mean it's like what <laughs> so he's choking me and i'm like pushing on the horn you know the car and no one's coming i mean you know these people hear the car I mean, we are out in the middle of nowhere you're gonna hear a car right, horn right, right and so anyway he's like choking me i'm sh- and then i'm like well, shit! I'm on my own, so I'm struggling, and I had an SUV at this time, so I'm—I don't know how I did it, but I got kind of away from him, so I could start digging through the back of my car in the back seat, and my hands like—and he's like sitting here grabbing at me and trying to pull me down and stuff—and um, I'm—I'm I'm kind of tough, <laughs> so um,
0: military training. <laughs> yes yeah.
1: that's what I'm saying military uh paved the way for drug addiction so anyway <laughs> um so I'm fumbling back there and my hands you know come in contact with this golf club I didn't have a golf club in the back of my car Matt Jazz okay it's just, I'm telling you like like angels like I mean just and, like <laughs> God wait
0: wait you, you're <laughs> saying angels you with a golf club he's she's so like, i got
1: that golf club and i've just started beating. <laughs> I'm like, Get out of my car and I, I mean he got out of my car and i drove off you know
0: wait hold on and- hold on so danger is like baseball bat or or golf club baseball bats too much golf. Golf, club.
1: <laughs> golf club that would make a better story as a golf club you know yes. <laughs> everyone has stories with baseball bats you know
0: Right. I don't, but, uh, yeah, more bats, it's more common, right? Yes. <laughs> wow. So you skip yeah. that there by, by a, a gift from an angel.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Wow. That's that, that is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: I know you should you should see my brothers and sisters when I tell them stories. They're like that too. You know, they they're like we need some popcorn. (laughs) 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 Michelle's gonna tell a story. (laughs) But I saw him again. I saw him again later on back on the mainland. And he's mm. like, I just want to talk to you. You know, this is like two o'clock in the morning. And he's like, I just want to talk to you. I'm like, no. And he refused. He got on, he was holding on to my car. He gets on top of my car. He says, I'm not going until you talk to me. So this is funny. So I'm like going into the parking lots of these different stores. It's two o'clock in the morning. Okay. Mm. And I would get into a parking lot and I would start doing like circles, trying to throw his ass off my car. (laughs) And he, he would not, (laughs) I swear to God. And I, I did that. Like, I did that multiple times. That dude's like got a rip or something and Mm. he wouldn't get off but uh finally I stopped and he got off and I was so mad I just kept trying to run him over (laughs) 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 I'm laughing because I'm like that was such a different person but I was so mad I think in that moment I was so mad at being um the target and victimized so much I was just taking it all out on him and he just happened to get these big rocks and would chuck them at the windshield of my SUV and every time I tried to run him over, he would throw another one and it would hit the windshield. I didn't get to hit him, yeah, so, but. So like yeah. you were just
0: going around with the SUV trying to hit him and he would be there trying and throwing rocks at, at you. Yes,
1: and he would hit the windshield. The thing was just like, you know, just
0: Oh massacred. man, that, that SUV he, might. <laughs> that SUV looked probably like it came from an action movie, just like ransacked with stuff. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, gutted from all the other times that it was stolen and stuff like that. That poor thing. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: So that was, was that the last time you saw that guy?
1: No, the la- the next time I saw him, he, uh, um, he seemed to have his head on straighter and everything hmm. was good. He apologized. He says, I, I don't know what came over me. He said that he had pressure from, outside people to i guess whack me <laughs> really and, uh, wow yeah yeah
0: so that's how it works in that world they is they there's uh, a nice person that doesn't respect the the code the code <laughs> of conduct and you know got to get rid of him or her
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah wow yes yeah, yeah it was
0: so hard. I imagine the drug addiction didn't get better. Usually it doesn't get better, just like that.
1: Um, No, yeah, it definitely got worse. It was like, um, so it's like it graduates from um, smoking it to, oh, let me put it in my veins. Um, Let me put it in my neck. Um, You don't even care if you're sharing needles with somebody else. I mean, you're just like, no, it'll be fine. Um, and, uh, I mean, just the places you stay, the people you are around. And it was like, um, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, you cut yourself off from everyone else because you're in this environment and there's so much like self-loathing, you know, about what you've done to your life, but like, you don't know how to not, Um, and, uh, so you don't talk very much to people that are actually on, you know, I guess that world, you know, the, the real world, um, because you're so, um, insecure about yourself and, um, you think that you're going to be judged because you're judging yourself so strongly. Mm -hmm. So you're projecting it. Um, but yeah, it just, it continued to get worse. Um, But I I did try, there was different times. Like I I did do a dual diagnosis um, rehabilitation program through the VA. And so anyway, I would befriend like um, another veteran and they would, and, and they'd be like, oh, you want to come to my house? I'm like, sure, you know, and we're both like, <laughs> it's like, you know my stories now. So you, you kind of <laughs> expect these things now, but you know, we get to their house, you know, and we're, we're both like on this journey of getting clean. And then, you know, Bob with dope comes to the door and it's like, hey, I got some meth, you know, and she's like, oh, you want to do it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know we're not quite at that point where you can say no you're just supposed to stay away from it right
0: right 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 but, yeah. and you're like oh i got time like i got the whole <laughs> afternoon <laughs> yeah.
1: i mean so there was in me like this this wanting to let go of this it's just like it's almost like it wasn't karmically permissible yet it's yeah. like every every time that i tried even tried to leave the state. It wouldn't happen it was just like i was locked into this place and i had to finish whatever it is that i agreed upon or mm. i needed to pay back um is is what i what i feel
0: so it seems and, like sounds like washington state was the drug state for you like most of the well, drugs consumed in washington state
1: <laughs> well i mean that's where this uh, very famous tv show cops Uh, that's uh, very popular in America. I don't know if it is uh, in other places, Um, but that's where it originated at, was um, in the town that's right next to Tacoma. Might as well be Tacoma. Uh, It's called Lakewood. Mm. So, yeah, so it's a pretty happening spot.
0: (laughs) If if I'm not mistaken, I think that they canceled that show because cops are not so popular in the mainstream now, but I I could be wrong.
1: I don't Um, know. I haven't watched it in a long time.
0: So... (laughs) Yeah. So I guess you started to attend. Did you start to attend some kind of groups or were it just through VA?
1: No, I did. I did go to NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous, but I would only go when I was high. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, the, that's the time you go, right? You yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. High.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and then I also tried the 12-step program. So I had gotten a sponsor. And um, he was also, it was a guy, normally they don't allow you to have like a guy as a sponsor for whatever, but this person was the person that uh, I needed in the moment. Um, And uh, he was a veteran too. Uh, And um, anyway, uh, one day he just, and I, you know, you depend on your sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For that encouragement and uh, inspiration and such. Well, he decided that he was going to relapse and he was going to start shooting co- uh, what was it? Crack. Yeah, in a hotel room. So <laughs> did I. <laughs> wow, just
0: do what your sponsor tells you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, it was, you know, it it wasn't done with me yet. So mm. So we continue. <laughs>
0: Wow. So you couldn't, uh, you wanted to let go of it, but it wouldn't let you go.
1: That's, that's what it's, is what it really uh, seemed like. There's another part of the story I don't want to leave out because of what will be talked about later. Um, so I uh, ended up being granted to see my son when he was three. Mm. So this was like, uh, I don't know, like nine months after the fact or something like that mm. to a year and i'd already had it arranged that i was going to kidnap him and um because i wanted my child and his uh his grandma was like you know being very i am the ruler here making all the yeah and i and and the ego did not like that at all (laughs)
0: Well, well, I can't hear you. Uh, something with the mic or audio went out. I don't know what's happening. Uh. Oh. Okay. Now it's back. Okay.
1: Where? Where did I?
0: Um. So uh, you said your your ego didn't like that, and then.
1: Okay. Um, so there was there was this time where Skylar told me on the phone that his mom all um, hits him. And mm. I thought that was unusual for him to say. And so it's, it, you know, it sparked something within me, you know, um, because of, you know, the abuse that uh, I had suffered um, as a right.
0: child. Obviously. And
1: so I was like, "Yep." <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I made a plan and uh, had a plane ticket for there and, um, re- um, and to return back to Washington State with him. And so it worked out really well because, uh, the grandparents dropped him off with me at a hotel and they had to go to Florida for a funeral or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. bye-bye. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Um, and, and so I was going to back out of it, you know, like I started to like kind of crumble, like me, you know, maybe this isn't a good idea. And, uh, I came back, I remember like feeling that when I was outside of the hotel room I smoked at the time so I was smoking a cigarette and when I came back in that hotel room and he just like his head was looking down and he brought his head up to look into my eyes and he goes hi mama and I, 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 I couldn't I could not not do that mm-hmm. yeah I remember that and uh, so it was not logical no I couldn't take care of him and the way he needed to be, it was uh, very emotional. It was just like that biological mom thing. Yeah. And uh, and so anyway, um, I did get caught three and a half weeks later. <laughs> um,
0: they called the police, obviously.
1: Yes, because before then, I had signed. Um, I had signed uh, back a little ways. I had signed my rights away temporarily. Hmm. They said they kind of like conned me into doing that by telling me that um, Skylar can get on their health care insurance if I did this, if I signed this form. And I wanted him to, you know, I, I, I wanted to do what I could do for him. It wasn't right. much. <laughs> right. um, and so when I did cross those lines, I, it was considered kidnapping. Um, and uh, so when I got caught, um, I went to jail. This was not my first rodeo. I was in and out of jail. <laughs> it's a whole nother story. Um, uh, so I went to jail for that. But I didn't actually get um, finished the charges for that, um, that particular charge until after I was clean for like a year and a half. But they took Skylar and uh, that kind of sealed my fate with him at that point.
0: Hmm. So you couldn't see him. I mean, he you, 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 you could never come back to you anymore based on just the record of you kidnapping him.
1: Um, they, you know, because the, the charge was never, um, reconciled until later because, um, I, I don't know, I kept being able to avoid it, but that kept me from being able to have any contact with him. And, uh, you know, when I finally did, um, satisfy that charge, you know, cause I mean, I did break the law and I did need to satisfy that. Um, when I did that I was put on probation so there was more stipulations put on me that I wasn't allowed to try to contact them until after I was off probation Hmm. so yeah so it's like it's so crazy it's like every time I would try to get close to Skylar it was like there's this wall this is a block it was just like I was put here to give birth to him but not to be his mom right and that yeah and that was definitely a hard one
0: yeah, so anyway. <laughs> it, it's like it wasn't wasn't meant to be. Like you were just, uh, well, you were the birth mother, but he uh, was. Yeah, it's like you. For it sounds like for years you couldn't have taken care of him anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So then, how did you get sober after that terrible experience with the uh, first sponsor? <laughs>
1: um. yeah, there's like a lot of things going on that, of course, I wasn't aware of, like, I guess you could say behind the scenes. Hmm. And um, I had uh, met um, my girls' dad, and uh, he was in the military, and uh, he didn't do drugs. And uh, he was actually the first person to say, you make all this money, why don't you have a place of your own? So, I mean, (laughs) he was bringing a little logic, you know, into my life, you know, so I, I got a place, you know, and, um, but uh, we went to meet his parents for the first time. And I remember just wanting to get back to Washington because I was just I was just wanting to be high. You know, I wasn't happy. I um, told my uh, I told my daughter's dad that uh, I, I did not want to marry him. Please don't ask me, you know, because I was in that moment. I was very clear. I knew so, that I wouldn't. So you met him.
0: you met another guy and, and you had a daughter and uh...
1: no, 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 that's who I had my uh, two daughters with. Okay. I, yeah. And, um, but anyway, we went to meet his family, um, because he did ask me again to marry him. And I said, yes, cause uh, I knew later on I would be, you know, in, uh, what would you call it? Um, survival mode. Cause I was pregnant with mm. Angelina. And so we went and met his folks and I just wanted to get back and I just wanted to get high. And, uh, when I got back, um, I went to, um, I went to my dealer who was my friend's house and uh, he actually had a conscience. He doesn't deal to pregnant chicks, you know? Mm. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, he left me out of, he left me at his house with another person that was a, a customer. And he's like, I'm going to go to the store. You guys behave. So the guy that that my friend, Paul, that was the drug dealer left me with, he goes, hey, you want some of this? I'm like, yeah. The lighter would not light. The lighter would not light the whole time until Paul comes back into the door. And then it wow. lights. I mean, that's never happened before. I've never had a hard time getting high, like ever, you know, in the course and, of like,
0: and the lighter was years. not empty or was it no. just a freak thing? Well, wow. It was a
1: pretty, pretty freak thing. And so there was more, um, experiences like this, like I couldn't get high. Like I would go to regular places and stuff like that. And it's just, it was like, mm-mm. and I just, I felt like in that moment that there was something bigger than me doing something mysterious right here. And I don't know, just in this moment, I, it was not something that was a thought or anything. It was just very nonverbal. I just, um, I don't know. I just kind of put my arms out, my head up to the sky and I said, okay, I give up. And, uh, I never did it again. I never had a a craving. I, Mm -hmm. um, uh, my, uh, my body talk practitioner and uh, mentor set calls it the, uh, big surrender. So that was my big surrender to God. And, uh, I mean, I still hung out with the, with Paul, the person, you know, that was the drug dealer, um, slash friend. Um, and I went around with him to go deal drugs and stuff. Cause I didn't have any other friends. These are the people that have been,
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So...
1: And, I'm, and I wasn't doing any drugs. These people were so paranoid. They're just like, she's a cop, you know? <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, and there was never like, it was gone.
0: Wow. That, how did that feel like when you had the experience? Was it like, uh, did you uh, see something? Was there a certain knowingness?
1: I felt like it was done.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a, a feeling of completion, uh, whatever that is, I, whatever that is, I don't know, but it did, it felt, it felt complete. Absolutely.
0: Wow. And how old were you then when that happened?
1: Um, that was, uh, let's see, that was December, 2006 okay um it was about i don't know i don't even 15 years ago or something like that
0: yes exactly 15 years well not exactly almost almost 15 wow
1: um yeah so i was 20 i was about to turn 27 Mm.
0: so um does that like after even though you were hanging out with the people that were dealing drugs, does that your life change in some way after this?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I started to not because, um, I started to focus on, um, cause I was, uh, I was three months pregnant when I, uh, I, when I quit. And, uh, so I started focusing on getting my life, whatever that means and to be a mom and, and what I agreed upon uh, to be this wife. Um, And um, so that's not easy. It was, uh, it was really hard. I stuttered for a long time. It's almost like that world like dumbs you down, because people are not really talking about anything of any substance whatsoever. It's just like the getting of meth, in any sort of way that you can.
0: Well, what, so, okay, I'm fascinated by this. How, how does a normal conversation sound like?
1: Um, it's just about like, I don't, hmm, that's a good question. Um, we would just talk about different things with different people within that world. And um, I mean, I would talk about different things. Um, I really don't know. I don't remember.
0: Mm. <laughs> so, and then, uh, after a while you start, um, uh, uh, did you start meditating or did you develop some kind of like, Oh, I need to, I need, or were you searching for something more?
1: Um, so it's like, uh, there was a lot of, um, there's a, the, the PTSD was like at its height at that time, because mm. the, after the stuttering, it was like every time I closed my eyes, flashes of all the stuff that I went through. Oh, wow. The drug world would come up. And I mean, that's what greeted me every time I would try to go to sleep or anything like that. It was just like um, continuous. Um, and so... Uh, that eventually healed itself. I even had like, um, restless leg syndrome for a while. Mm. And, uh, that, uh, that was quite unnerving. Um, I feel like my healing had started and it couldn't have started until I started taking personal responsibility for what was going on in that moment where i was at right in that moment because there was too there was too much supporting um, evidence for me to just play the victim role i mean just recently i was able to let that go um so it's like there's enough juice there's a the, you know just be oh i am the world's biggest victim you know
0: right right all this right
1: stuff is being done you know to me and uh so i so i was looking around at my life and it was uh quite a quite a mess Um, and so instead of you know how people are like I rebuild my life well by picking up the pieces and stuff I I I feel like it wasn't like that I feel like I had to start constructing it with new material if that makes any sense yeah and so I started going you know I chose to do this and so when I started stepping into that role that's when things started to happen for me Mm -hmm. that's when I could start going forward
0: like this is as as your uh, role as a mother to your first daughter, and uh, as a wife, and uh, yes, and you're probably working at the time as well.
1: Um, no, I was uh, I was uh, graced with being a stay at home mom. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And how did you then? Uh, or oh, did something happen in between this and you discovering Doc?
1: Um, let's see. So my mom and I were, um, estranged for a while Mm. and, um, I, and then my mom started doing, um, a lot of, um, spiritual healing and stuff. Um, and so my, I started talking to my mom, I think we had one phone call, um, probably like at the end of 2007. And when I really started, uh, being in touch with her was when i remember i told you about that court date and i got um i had to fulfill that uh that particular felony yeah i had went to jail and i had went to prison as well and so my mom would write me letters and she would you know tell me things from the apanishads and uh um, wayne dyer and uh and doc and uh of course in miracles hmm. and um uh, and so when i so what was interesting was is like in the drug world i didn't read anymore and i was always a Uh, avid reader I was also a writer and so you those things like drop and so while I was in jail it's like I feel like that was helping me to learn how to read again so I started reading in jail so when I got out I started reading Wayne Dyer and
0: that's interesting so wait hold on let's go back Uh to jail because I was never in jail how how was that experience being in jail
1: (laughs) oh my god okay so (laughs) What's funny is it's like all the cops always knew me you know uh they they knew to follow me to all the right places <laughs> <laughs> what do you
0: mean when you were outside did you, did yeah you, when, okay. when
1: i was when i was in the drug world like right, they knew right. i was always at the hot spots um so yeah i ended up with uh i have three felonies and uh, i was in and out of jail like um you know, like at the malls where they have those like revolving doors? Yeah. Yeah, that was me going in and out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and so in jail, it was like you were always holding your breath, wondering who was in there waiting for you.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, you mean it could be somebody that wants to take a revenge or something.
1: Yeah, like someone that doesn't like you or something like that but well, this would be um, a
0: chick though. It wouldn't be any guy. That- yeah. Right, it would be right. a
1: chick. Yeah. The girls hated me. So, um, Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. They were quite jealous of me. Cause I was getting all the attention, even though it was terrible attention. Just
0: what do you mean attention from who,
1: from all the guys, like all the guys wanted to, um, be around me, be with me. Cause they just were using me, but I was, I was different than the other girls. Like the other girls were just like, um, you could tell in their eyes, like they're, they were kind of gone, you know, and mm. me, I was just still like really happy and, you know, and bubbly. And um, so it was different. So I was like the new girl and you know how guys like the new girl. So anyway, that wasn't very popular. Wait,
0: but, but so there's a meeting in, within jail, even like they, because you said you were a popular girl. So there must be some way that uh, females interact with guys in jail, or is it just like to the, no, there's yeah. no.
1: There's, uh, there's just girls. I mean, sometimes you can see the guys, like if we're going from one place to another yeah. and there's always ways to like pass messages or whatnot, but no, we were always with, uh, females. Um, so, so
0: that's how I'm curious. Like, how do they know in jail that you're popular with the guys or they, they know you from outside. So that's how they know. They
1: would have had to have known me from outside. So that's oh, why yeah. I was, you know, why I was okay. saying you hold your breath. Cause you're like, am I going to meet someone that I already knew?
0: Oh, got it. Got it.
1: the outside um so anyway world so you yeah but you go in jail and there's always that um it could be either um an old white woman or an old black woman that everybody calls mama
0: (laughs) (laughs) invariably it's gonna happen
1: (laughs) no i'm serious like and i've been to jails in different places and stuff and yes there's always mama
0: she'd be in jail for 30 years she know everybody she's mama (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I thought that was pretty funny
0: (laughs) I wonder if it's the same on the other side if there's a guy they call daddy probably wouldn't be the same no
1: that was that was the ones they called daddy were the ones the girls that I was like Trying to talk out of being hookers. So <laughs> it's a whole different story. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, okay, so I yeah, so I and I ended up doing that jail time and uh mm. when I got out, I uh was basically really reunited with my mom. It was like, hmm. I don't know. It's like having an old friend back, except in a different way. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like I got my mom back. It was really precious. And, um, and so, um, I, I remember starting to read power versus force. And, uh, I I had this crazy experience while I was reading it. Like my abdomen just started vibrating. I was just like, what the hell's going on? (laughs) 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 I'm like I'm like looking at the book looking down <laughs> like, who, who can you tell this to you know what I mean so anyway um I, I'm getting uh, pregnant with a book <laughs> <laughs> how do I explain this <laughs> oh man um yeah so um and then I started watching um I started listening to doc lecture. I, I, my first lecture I listened to was um, the way to God, the 2012, but it was the way uh, through the heart. Yeah. And I, I just, I fell in love with doc at that moment. Like it really, it really spoke to me, like nothing, like none other. And it all just like something inside of me, just like, it was like a confirmation and everything within me, like, agreed with everything. It was like, this is, this is where I'm meant to be. And, um, and so my mom and I, we, uh, we shared that. And uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't a, a wacko ride because my mom was still pretty wacko, but I mean, it was, it was still a really, it was still a really good time. And I met a lot of people like you and, um, and I, I I had friends that were, you know, into the same thing, and I was just um, really—I don't know—I just felt like that's where the healing was at. Like, and so I was just—I was hooked, and um, so I I just couldn't stop listening, couldn't stop listening to Doc and reading all the books, and then going to that lecture uh, that we both went to. Um, was
0: that your only lecture like for and, and, and... that was
1: my only lecture I, I got in I got into the game late you know
0: wow wow <laughs> but wow because you know you never know the history of people when you go there I had never I would have never thought that just five years prior to or six years prior or whatever you were still dealing with drugs or uh, going around with, with meth addicts and stuff like that wow that's that's
1: crazy yeah with the golf club you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah um
0: because i remember that you took a you took a picture of me i remember and yeah this, you said it was the best
1: picture that
0: yeah you, um, yeah yeah this is uh just uh before the lecture i think yeah mm-hmm. when i was looking for my buddy kevin yeah uh yeah you were uh you were there Wow. And and how would you say it's, um, would you say that his work has uh, uh, impacted your life since then as well? Like it's evolved, obviously you're doing now body talk as well. Yeah.
1: um, Yeah. um, Doc's work uh, has given me like the tools and the things that I need, and all the reminders, and just the, and just the knowingness that, um, yeah, to walk straight ahead, and um, and everything's going to be fine. And it's just like all the different things that He has said. Like I, um, you know, seeing is believing to a lot of us, um, and I see them just like uh, manifest into my own life, and um, I'm just just blown away. Um, but I did I did need some help. Uh, well, you know, um we can talk about my new husband, right? <laughs> so, sure,
0: sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um but we know we gotta go back. Oh my god. Wait, um, wait. I think
0: I, I I I think I met your husband like in Sedona, probably.
1: You A probably mom- did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. Um so back from there, um uh, we'll just touch on these things. Um I don't know, like doing, getting in touch with Doc, like really, I don't know, started bringing up stuff that I was in denial about. Um, and it kept coming up that my current marriage was, I knew it, but I buried it so deeply so that I didn't have to um, look at it anymore, but that mm. my current marriage was uh, not where I needed to be and uh, that I was very unhappy and and I, and I was. Um, and um, and so, um, right before, um, probably like a year before, um, I separated from the current husband. Um, I got a phone call from Skylar's grandma mm. and she's like, Oh, I think this would be a good time for you to be in his life. Cause I always wrote letters and I always tried and nobody would contact me. Like I always sent cards and I tried, you know, uh, they would ch- they change their phone number so i didn't have like a direct connection you know to yeah be able to see somebody um but skyler did not want anything to do with me he was like uh 15 at the time so he was you know he was like screw her you know just kind of like angry which yeah. i understand and he's uh filled with all kinds of lovely stuff about me i'm sure you know growing up um and the thing thing that happened was my brothers and sisters had gotten involved and they started friending him and I, I would follow him anonymously and I would talk to him without him knowing it was me. Answering. On Facebook
0: or stuff like that?
1: On uh, Instagram, actually. Oh, okay. And I felt I felt like this little it was crazy. Like uh I I uh Yeah, I felt like a little schoolgirl. You know, I was looking at this this child, you know, that I hadn't seen since he was three. And he was so beautiful. <laughs> and um and So anyway, my, my brothers and sisters friended him, and you know, and uh, Skyler was trying to uh, move to Georgia, uh, where a couple of my siblings lived along with me. Uh, we lived in different towns, um, but Skyler wanted to meet them, and uh, I was asked to come too. So I got to meet Skyler. Um, it was uh, March of two thousand and eighteen. And uh, he was so big, you know, he was so beautiful. And uh, I got to hug him and, uh, you know, I got to touch him and it was just, uh, it was surreal. And, um, but he was so sick, he had schizophrenia. Mm. And uh, he was sitting here talking to us telling us about his life and telling us about this underground world you know and it sounded a lot like halo you know what i mean and that he was like this sergeant and stuff and he killed all these people and you know that it's not true but i mean how are you going to deny someone's reality especially when you haven't been in your son's life you know almost his whole life he probably and
0: played some halo too
1: yes you did play halo he had like a online account and everything Right, right right yeah yeah And, um, and so I had to make like one of the hardest decisions in my life that day, because like my whole life, you know, coming to this moment, I always wanted Skylar to be with me. And he asked me to if he could live with me and I had to tell him no. (laughs) Mm. I had, I had three girls at home, including, um, including my uh, uh, Chris's uh, daughter. And uh it I I couldn't do that. I felt well, like this is like
0: a couple of years ago, two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. And uh so I had to say no to him. And uh it, that was yeah, that was really hard. <clears throat> and when he went back to Mississippi and um I went back to North Carolina, um we stayed in touch. Um I got to help him. He was writing a book. I got to help him edit it. Um, I got him to get on some uh, medication for schizophrenia, but he wouldn't stay on it because it started making him feel not schizophrenic, you know? And so the different voices were like, it's trying to change us and, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Right. Um, What kind of book was he writing, by the way?
1: He was writing a book about the 12 different personalities that inhabit his head. Was Twelve.
0: Mm-hmm. did he have that multiple personality disorder um so maybe that undiagnosed
1: that's what he that's what he was saying mm. so it was it's called uh what is it Uh. schizoaffective or something like that that he got diagnosed with um so i don't know just like at the end he was very angry he's like you know if you don't let me live with you um I'm just gonna kill myself. And, um, you know, it's like, you're my only option is what he said. And uh, yeah, like six months after I met him, like exactly six months after I let him, he uh, met him, uh, he killed himself and I didn't believe him.
0: Wait, you didn't believe the news? You didn't, oh, oh, well, you didn't believe his threat basically. Okay. No, Mm -mm. mm-mm.
1: And uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was insane. It uh, uh, sent me into like a, a very deep uh, depression whirlwind where I would drop the kids off at school. Like I would keep myself okay. And then I would just drive around aimlessly. Um, it was pretty, pretty lost. Um, but, uh, but before that um, I, I got, I met Chris. From um my new husband. Um, I mean not so new, but I mean my current husband,
0: my wait, wait, hold on. So hold on. I'm so, um, <laughs> not gonna skim over this.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I can come back to that. I'm just like people are like, Well, Chris, how'd you meet him? So Yeah, but um <laughs> But you are the star. So I don't know
0: Well, I don't know if I'm the star. I, I just I'm just curious, like I don't. I don't know if you could have done anything better, because I think the situation. I don't know. It's. Uh...
1: No, I couldn't have.
0: Did you ever, when you were in the drug world, were ever people um, sometimes uh, threatening to kill themselves if they don't get certain drugs? Was that a thing? Were you exposed to that before?
1: I... Um. I. I don't think so. I think people made different threats and stuff like that about things, but I'm not sure if it was directly Mm. suicide.
0: Right. But uh, I think because you were exposed to so much um, uh, trauma and things like out of worldly things happening that this, uh, that this didn't seem like uh, it was real, like his threat
1: nothing that came out of his mouth was very honest i mean i remember when he told me he loved me for the first time i was kind of in shock so i didn't like say it back um i didn't know if it was true or not and so when when nothing but lies come out of someone's mouth i mean i just thought he was just trying to get me to do what he wanted me to do
0: Mm. you've learned from all the experiences you've had prior to that the in the drug world the uh yeah the passenger uh what was the passenger doll
1: (laughs) tasmanian devil
0: (laughs) That's oh man that's straight out of a movie tasmanian devil (laughs) i know right (laughs) so then uh at some point before that you meet chris Was, was chris uh i think was he the guy that was a dishwasher at one point I guess a lot of people were dishwashers was he was he the one that was like nah he no, not never mind sorry I'm confusing it with somebody else <laughs> go ahead
1: I know he worked with Ben at some hotel at one time um and he mm-hmm. he did he did different things but yeah he was definitely in Sedona um for yeah. years um, so you most likely ran into him. them. Um, what's really funny is this is very divinely done too, is that Chris has been watching, like saw me and, and knew who I was and was subscribed to my YouTube channel. You know, just all these things. And I seen, I saw him as well because Ben had made a video, a uh, music video uh, that had some of us doc students in it. And like Chris and his daughter Aiden were like right after me and Angelina, our picture. And I was like, who's that? Um, but, uh, we had like a bunch of Facebook friends, never got like the invite to, you know, friend him. And that's really weird. Cause we had like 20 something, 30 something friends. Mm. It would be, it would be actually logical, you know, with, uh, how computers run that we would have gotten, you know, a friend suggestion. Yes. So when I, when I was, the angel uh, was
0: like, not yet, not yet. blocked. No. It, blocked it. <laughs>
1: I know, right? The
0: time so is not I, right. <laughs>
1: that's, that's true.
0: She doesn't so deserve separate, him yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> we weren't ready for each other yet. Um, so when I uh, separated from um, the girls' dad, I uh, I don't know. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to. I was just like, this is. I'm no. I don't want to do this. I want to figure out what I want. What I want. I remember explaining this to you, like, on on Messenger. Um, But uh, I was like, what do I want? So I just started listing off different qualities of what I wanted from a person, you know, I wanted someone with a um, a beautiful heart, um, came from the place of love, and, um, you know, just different things like that. And it still didn't feel complete. And I remember this one time, you know, like, yes, sitting on the toilet, like, I don't know, great things happen. I'm pretty sure Einstein <laughs> was like sitting on the toilet and all these great, you know, wonderful things came from that. But right. anyway, I was sitting there and uh, and then it just I was like, I want someone who's like me. And it's like there was like this click. like I just I, it, it's like some you just feel it like a, like it's all clicked in place. And uh, like I knew what I wanted and it was it was it was time. And so like two days later, I got that, I got that friend suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, there you go. And so- She she better
0: uh, click on it too. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah. and so I contacted him and uh, I said, it looks like we have a lot of, you know, friends in common, you know, and I don't remember the rest of it, but that was July 1st, 2017. And we've been together since
0: wow that is amazing uh Uh,
1: yeah yeah our our relationship has honestly turned into like our pathway to enlightenment and Mm. it's like it's not necessarily like it's it's beautiful but understand that we started getting to work um on i guess you could say like um uh, from the first day that i came and visited him we uh started getting to work
0: (laughs) getting to work meaning spiritual work like
1: spiritual work yeah absolutely meditating Um, and
0: and uh course miracles what's your style
1: i'm saying that we were holding up the mirror in front of each other Mm. yeah so we could have decided at that in a moment you know oh my god this is too much but no it was uh perfect conditions for us to yeah get close to our heart and evolve. So uh, we, uh, I said, okay, let's do this.
0: <laughs> and was he, a, was he in a different state than you?
1: Yeah, North Carolina and I was in Georgia. So I was driving back and forth. Mm. I was courting him as I call it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you would drive you on your own dime. You were like driving there.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah.
0: And people people outside the U S don't understand how big U S is even, you know, going between States is like going between countries here and big countries too. Um, so it takes, uh, takes a lot of dedication. Um, but yeah, wow. I, like I said before, cause I remember when I met you at the last lecture and I remember there was a, there was a, uh, you had a short conversation with somebody and you were like, Oh, they, they tell me that this kind of question has been asked. I don't—I don't care. I'm gonna—I'm gonna ask him again, and it turned out to be a really great question about letting go. And uh, yeah. I remember you gave him like a shirt. Uh, trust me, yeah. I'm a doctor or something like that—a yeah. blue shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I've seen the YouTube video. So uh, yeah,
1: yeah. But I also was
0: of- there. But yeah. Um, yeah amazing um is there anything we we left out um
1: okay so i guess the only thing would be like um so chris and i have like a really great relationship um it was very it was you know it's had its turbulent times but honestly you know how like in uh relationships where people are like as time goes on it you know gets drier and i would have to say like the the longer that we're at this, the more richer, the more the better that we know each other, uh, the closer that we get. Um, yeah, it's just more beautiful with each day as it unfolds. It's, um, we're really, really, really blessed. Um, so, so I knew um, I had docs work, um, but I knew I needed some help with healing, and um, I finally broke down and. Uh, contacted jacob and he Hmm. did uh spiritual counseling um uh with you know he also did body talk and so i i started doing uh body talk with jacob for about a year and a half and um i never seen such gorgeous results you know in my life like anything i've ever tried
0: was it was this uh every month or every two months
1: Um, it's kind of sporadic. Um, Mm. so like, it was kind of like, uh, when I felt like I, uh, needed to, um, but, uh, sometimes it would be at first, it was like once a month. Um, we also do marriage body talk as well. Um, Oh,
0: wow. Like both people at the same time.
1: Yeah. Chris and Chris and I will uh, do marriage body talk and, uh, I got taught how to do that too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. For is it marriage. better
0: than marriage counseling, maybe? <laughs>
1: I, think I think it's the same thing, to be okay. honest. Yeah, it's just, it's different, you know? Um,
0: you don't have to talk it out. It's just en- on energy, mostly, or?
1: Mostly, but honestly, like, he'll ask a question. Um, how do you see, you know, what is Michelle doing that's blah, 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 and he'll go blah, blah, blah. And, and, you know, it's like when that person's talking, you know, honestly, sometimes, you know, especially if you're having a problem, you're just like, I don't know, like clenching your fist going, that's not true. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? but, uh, anyway, yeah. um, and then you get your turn, uh, to talk, um, and express yourself. And, uh, yeah, it's just that that's been very helpful as well. Cause, uh, we, we had given the advice, we say our marriage vows to each other every day, pretty much
0: what i have never heard this before wow. yeah i
1: know it, it works because you are what i realized is is that when you're not feeling it you know you're you're reading these words even though you don't feel it you know because there's all this like um ego resistance and and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh you know um being angry or something like that, um, resentments or something. But when you're reading the words that you wrote initially when you're getting married, it's like you, you're you stepping into those things that you're promising. Yeah. Like you are becoming those things. And it is um, very miraculous.
0: Wow. So you basically read that, dedicating yourself yeah. every day yeah. and it's also an affirmation and yeah. wow I, i'm i i'm shocked yeah. i never heard of this before but it's actually a great idea especially if you have like uh any like i know some people repeat uh, affirmations or um what's their uh dedication in life or what do you call a declaration yeah. yeah um they repeat that um but i've never heard this but this is such a great idea
1: this, yeah yeah
0: it should probably be, it. This should, there's probably a book about this somewhere that I don't know about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of it myself, you know. Um, and so we just, uh, we, we do a prayer before that, um, asking for like, you know, the highest vision of our marriage or love's perfect vision for our marriage to be revealed and uh, to keep our hearts open and connected to each other. And uh, so that's how we do our best to step forward, you know, with each day.
0: And um, yeah, I worked uh, with you for a while, I think a few months now. And then that was, we
1: uh, yeah.
0: really, uh, yeah, I would really respect body talk. It's been, uh, it's, it's such a good technique and you get uh, in such a deep level. And uh, and you recently got like fully qualified, right? In body um, talk.
1: Yeah, I got certified. It was like after having body talk sessions and just like hearing about, you know, cause your, your practitioner will say different things out loud. And I was just like, what is that? You know, it was just, and I, I always wanted to help people. And I saw that this is something that gets to the root. It's not just like, you know, it's like psychology is, is helpful but it's like, it's a piece of the pie. And I feel like, you know, all these different things are within body talk. It's just yeah. the, you have to be like open and you have to be ready to really dig deep, um, because it gets into all your skeletons, all those things that are, uh, blocking the communication within your body. Um, if you're ready, it'll bring it up, uh, to be balanced and to be released. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful. Um, I've watched, um, not just my own healing, um, but within my family and, uh, And also since I started, um, working on being certified, um, just being in that practitioner position, watching other people like heal and unfold and bloom right in front of you is just, just spectacular. And I'm just like, I really feel like I'm fulfilling my potential now and just overjoyed.
0: Hmm. I think, yeah, when I hear you talk about this, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, once I considered doing it actually, but I never decided to do it. I may do it at some point. Um, I will see. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing and, uh, uh, I'm glad you chose body talk it's, uh, I, and I wish more people knew about it too. That's, that's part of the reason why I'll probably have more body talk people, on the podcast because, uh, I really, um, respect and admire this modality. So, um, but, um, wow. Your story is incredible. I, like I said, never would have thought in a million years, all that you've experienced. <laughs> just, <laughs> wow. um, yeah. Thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. Really appreciate sharing a story and, uh, I'm sure people get a lot out of it.
1: Thank you, Matt. Jazz. Is it okay if I like say something like a like a promotional sort of? Yep. Go ahead. I'm sure that you'll put like my information in it. But um, anybody that would like to try Body Talk, um, I give a free session just to kind of see if uh, you know it's a good fit, and uh, then we go from there. So you can you know you can call or text because I'll leave my uh, phone number, or you can email me and. Um, We'll get started and if if uh, you like body talk and you know i'm not the good fit there are tons of wonderful practitioners and i'm sure there's a great one for everybody wait
0: wait you're offering a free a free session to all the viewers <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: if they want a free session the first one's free and and then you know
0: mm, you might get a lot of free requests uh in, a, in yeah. when this posts <laughs> <laughs>
1: that that's that's fine uh my my internet will be better then awesome
0: awesome (laughs) cool thank you again for being uh on the podcast
1: thank you matt jess (laughs) and
0: thank you everybody for listening and watching